facts, but we came here to win the most legit podcast. That's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news. We underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process. Yes, you, because we got Chris and Andrew to bless you with the best features, best stories. We diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring. We all point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the dog pound. In the cold, get a gold brown. Sit back and race the cat we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome back to uh, another episode of The Underdog. Chris Forwardale joined by Anshu Khan. Anshu, how are you? Chris, good, how are you? Uh, good, anything but smooth on the intro, but but good. Thank you for thank you for asking. It's just been forever since we talked and I missed you greatly. So long. How, how are things over these last few days? <laughs> Let, last, yes, uh, because it's Friday now and mm-hmm. man, can you believe all that... That crazy news from Thursday? <laughs> no way. Just a wild Thursday out there. Another wild Thursday. Uh, who would have thought that that's how the world was going to end? But here we are. So uh, what, what we want to do today is uh, we're going to talk about the NFL and as it is as closer than ever to returning to just a couple of weeks. Uh, and I less wanna, than three weeks now. Less than three weeks. I, can I tell you I'm a little bit bummed out about this? Because in my head, I thought the NFL started a week earlier than it does. So I had mm. to I had to look, re, kind of reset myself a bit when I actually looked at the schedule. And I was like, oh, it's oh. Almost, almost three weeks. That's, That's on a, you, honestly. I agree. Like, you always have to assume the NFL is a week further away. I do this with the draft, too. I always try to think of the drafting a week further, and then it's a, a really pleasant surprise when it's a week early. Unless you make plans, then it's a bit. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, 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 all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that with that, everything moving forward, and uh, I expect my life to fall apart quickly. But <laughs> that's right, that's right. What we want to do is talk about the uh, the odds over at Bavada Sportsbook for the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, this year, this is uh, it's an interesting year for a lot of reasons, really. You know, we we've had no training camp and all of that. How much do you think the no training camp is going to set these guys behind at the start? Well, if you're reading Cincinnati Bengals uh, reporters, not mm-hmm. that far back at all. Um, Joe Burrow just absolutely tearing it up early on there. But I, yeah, I mean, I think overall for one of the most valued drafts for quarterbacks that we've seen, I mean, it. it those guys are, they should be behind a little bit, but they've mm-hmm. also been able to, you know, meet over Zoom. And, the, you know, there have been some restrictions uh, in terms of communication that I think the guard has been let down a little bit, which is good uh, for the rookies. So I'm not sure how that compares to what like mini camps would have been, but it does feel like those, at least like getting the vibe from all the, the you know, the various Twitter interviews, it does feel like you know, the rookies are more ingratiated in the actual strategy of the, and especially with offense of the offenses across the league. But, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, I, I it's going to be so hard. I mean, how do you, there, there are so many, so many unknowns. And then when you add in the fact that none of these guys have stepped on an NFL field before, um, and none of us have seen that, of course, like it's going to, it makes for a lot more, uh, it, it makes these odds much more wide open, I think, at Bovada. Well, I, I guess I guess fairly wide open at the top. That's true. With a surprising, uh, surprising second option, considering where he was drafted. But let's talk about it. The the favorite to win rookie of the year, a slight favorite, is in fact Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. What do you expect from Burrow this year? 
I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I think he is as polished as a quarterback can possibly be, having played only, mm-hmm. you know, had had only one and a half seasons really of, of super quality football at the quarterback level. Um, but the way that he dominated, and you know, the offense that he played in, and the fact that it, you know, it seems to jive nicely with where he's going with Zach Taylor. Um, and you know, most quarterbacks drafted number one aren't going to come into a set of weapons that Joe Burrow will this year, assuming right. health. You've got AJ Green, Joe Mixon, a, an improving offensive line. We'll say it wasn't; it was horrible last year, but they, yeah. you know, made some additions. They add uh, Jonah Williams from last year's draft, basically another top eleven pick. Um, and you know, they've got Auden Tate, and I don't know why I started with him. AJ Green. Auden Tate you know, has been the darling of Bengals training camp. That must have been why I uh, brought it up. I've seen his name so much recently, but obviously John Ross is back, mm-hmm. and um, you know they've got Tyler Boyd, and there, there's just and they have T. Higgins, T. Higgins. Also Higgins. Drafted in the second round. So yeah, they. I mean, they've got some pieces. Certainly, some a couple good tight ends, and you know some good pass catching running backs behind uh, Mixon himself. So you know, I think that Burrow is set up to be in a pretty good spot. So like when I look at these, uh, you know, a theme that I'm going to be thinking about is assuming we have a full season who are those six games in division against? And, right. you know, you're looking at a, a very good Steelers defense, a very good Ravens defense. And, you know, we'll see who's healthy on the Browns defense. Exactly. Grant Elfitt already out, but you know, Mac Wilson as well. Mac Wilson. Yeah. But I think that generally you've got the players, the keystone players are still there for the Browns. So definitely one of the most difficult spots to be in from a quarterback perspective, right? Like against mm-hmm. the defenses in the division. So um, from that perspective, it's not going to be easy, but I, I think that this is one where you just, he's quarterback from day one, unlike any of these other rookies. And, um, you know, he's automatically got a huge leg up. So I, I think that he's the odds on for a reason. Yeah. That receiver group is really interesting depending upon what they get from Higgins. And I've, you know, never been the world's biggest T Higgins fan. I think he kind of peaked as a freshman and has been living off of that uh, reputation ever since. But you talk yeah. about, Green and Boyd and Higgins and Ross and Tate, uh, you know, that's a, a heck of a group for him. The offensive line terrifies me. Yeah, you know, I think you were a little kind about in how you phrased yeah. it. Jonah Williams, <laughs> Jonah Williams is there. Uh, Michael Jordan was a decent young player. Billy Price has been an unmitigated disaster as a first round pick. He's still the he's still the backup at both left guard and center at this point. Xavier Soafilo is on conservatively his 19th NFL team. And Bobby Hart playing right tackle, like that's just it's just not a good offensive line. You can say, no. oh, Jonah Williams is there, but we haven't actually seen Jonah Williams play football yet. I think we you have to assume he's going to be their best lineman, and that's not necessarily the biggest compliment. But you know, it's yeah, he this is going to be a drop off from Burrow, but he wasn't exactly playing behind the best offensive line in football last year no. either at LSU, and he played against some damn good defenses in that SEC and throughout their absolute you know, domination of a run. And mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I mean, I think like all those things, just keeping all those things in mind is, is important. But like at the end of the day, Joe Burrow, I just like, you know, you think about him on the field. I just feel like he's going to have complete command and he's, he's built to sustain some of the hits that that offensive line is bound to, yeah. you know, let up. That's just the reality that that's going to happen with that line, especially with, the teams in the division that we talked about. So, um, you know, and then the other factor though is, okay, so those six games aren't going to be easy, but they do have a last place schedule, obviously. And that is not going to hurt to be able to play 
you know, the Dolphins and some of the other really crappy teams um, that the Bengals will play, that almost makes up for those six. So I think that there's the opportunity for him to just absolutely torch teams defensively. And, you know, when you look at what that offensive line is, they're I think that they're where they're going to be hanging their hat on is certainly going to be passing the ball. And, you know, Zach Taylor, of course, coming from the McVay tree, quote unquote, mm-hmm. I think that his version of that, you know, there's there's kind of like two sets to this like Shanahan McVay thing, right? There's like the run and, you know, the play action, the play action off of the run and like the bigger jumbo package. And then there's the spread it out and gun it around. And I think Zach Taylor is more bred from that, that, you know, sort of branch of the tree. And so I expect them to throw a lot. I expect them to, you know, their, their strength is in numbers at, at the receiver position. And um, I really think that Burrow is going to put up huge numbers this year. Yeah, it would be really disappointing if he was just mediocre, given the opportunities he's going to have in that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and by the way, uh, I guess we mentioned him, but uh, T. Higgins himself is, uh, I don't know, like the uh, number 14 or 15 favorite for Rookie of the Year, plus 5,500 at Bavada. So there are weapons, and not just weapons, but young weapons that have the ability to grow together on that offense, depending mm-hmm. on what happens with Joe Mixon going into the last year of his deal. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals were apprehensive about giving him a big payday. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of, by the way, big paydays, Buda Baker, the highest paid safety in football now. How about that? Uh, yeah, um, especially coming off of zero interceptions. Yeah, uh, for coverage wild. safety. For coverage safety. I mean, I think that that's almost like he's just going to be due to get those. You know, yeah. like it's not like he's not around the ball. So. I think that that's, that's almost beating him to the punch on that with getting the deal done before the picks come. Well, and uh, Philadelphia did a really good job getting Carson Wentz signed before the other top quarterbacks mm-hmm. didn't do such a good job getting Zach Ertz signed. Now uh, talking a new contract with him after George Kittle and Travis Kelsey got their deals. Yeah, and I... I think we talked about this, too. You don't really expect them to keep them, do you? I don't, but allegedly they're talking contract extension right now. So maybe well, maybe they're trying. not in that realm. Yeah, maybe they're trying. But he's going to be. I mean, yeah. you, he's going to be. It's got to be at least 11 if Kelsey got like 12 and a half, right? What's the age difference between those three guys? I Ertz think, is older, for sure. He's older, but I don't. nobody's old. Uh, no. Zach Ertz is uh, Zach, Ertz, eh, Zach Ertz is 29. He's actually going to mm-hmm. be 30 in November. That he's older than I thought he was. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, Kittle's like 25. Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey is uh, Kelsey's already 30. Oh, there you go. Kelsey will be 31 in October. They also don't have Dallas Goddard on that roster, though. <laughs> and, oh no, yeah. I don't disagree. Although I do think, by the way, I do think Kyle Juszczyk, uh could be a Dallas Goddard-like player if he was just was pegged to tight end rather than uh, the 49ers moving him to fullback. I, I think the world of Juszczyk. But yeah. uh, Kittle's 26. He'll be 27 in October. Hmm. So the age difference yeah. really isn't substantial. They're all all within two-ish years of each other. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would just be saying if I have, if I have Goddard, he's been in the offense for several years. Let's just maybe get him back mm. locked in early and let go of Ertz. I don't know. But I'm sure Ertz does more than, you know, he, he's good. He's awesome. Um, but, yeah, there's it's hard to uh, – to, there's just a lot of money to be spread around, and we know that 2021 is coming when uh, the cap is supposed to drop off. 
Yeah, Philly's already fifty-two million dollars over the cap for next year, and the cap the cap could <laughs> that's projected cap oh cap could God. drop by up, upwards of forty million dollars, leaving yep. Philadelphia as much as ninety-two million dollars over the cap next year. So, <laughs> I like and yeah. New Orleans is also in a terrible position, but I wonder how the NFL is going to handle this for teams like the way I've been explaining this is like when you play Madden, every so often you run into a situation where you just can't make the salary cap work and you have to quit. What is the NFL going to do when the Eagles just can't make the salary cap work? I don't know. Like, and I honestly think that maybe they just try to get everyone done ahead of time and then be like, you guys didn't tell us. We didn't know. know I'm sure they're being discouraged from doing that. I mean, teams are, but at the same time, like you've got the money got to hand it over. I I don't know what that's going to look like, but you know, the players, they've agreed to the CBA through what, 2028, right? Mm -hmm. 2029. So um, I mean, a strike would be uh, ill, ill uh, appreciated. Advise, I'm yeah, sure. agree. Advise, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, I, I would think if if they're redoing the Earth's contract, it's going to be a weird looking contract for next year, where the base number is extraordinarily low, and the mm. guaranteed the guaranteed money in general is very very high. But because uh, sure. they're going to have to bring that number down somehow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Who knows. Let's talk about the uh, the number two option here for Offensive Rookie of the Year at Bavada, and that is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from the Kansas City Chiefs. What do we think of Hilaire's fit in that offense? I mean, it's a great fit. Yeah. Although I will say, you know, obviously they look good pass catching and pass blocking running backs are good in any offense, but it does seem if I think about the Chiefs, like they, you know, they maybe – what would rather in an Andy Reid offense have like a change of pace guy that does that, and, mm. you know, rather a hammer um, that's running the ball the first few downs. Now, I mean, Edwards Hilaire is built to do everything. Um, it just, it doesn't seem like an Andy Reid thing to do to me that to like put all of that on one player. Cause it's just so risky. Mm. And so, you know, I do feel like when I look at those odds that they're, they're a little, like I, I would not have him probably as the, the second favorite in in favor of maybe one of the guys who are next, but um, you know, there's, there's a good chance that he just torches it up, like lights it up and is just awesome. I just like, I can't even mention him in the same breath as Joe Burrow right now. I agree that talent, by the way, let's not ignore the fact that these are both LSU Tigers from last year. Let's Amazing, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not sure that I wouldn't have Edwards Hilaire as the absolute favorite with the Damian Williams injury, to be honest with you. Wow. Because, you don't have to squint too hard to imagine Edwards Hilaire having a cream hunt kind of rookie season. And that can get your rookie of the year pretty easy. It could. Hey, I, I guess it's more like I, I don't see an avenue to burrow, not winning it. If he gets, if he's healthy, like it's just, it's, but I guess if like, if all things, I, if Edwards Hilaire plays all three downs the whole season, then like, of course he's going to post monster numbers next to Patrick Mahomes. But the other thing is like, is he going to get the touchdowns? Is right. he going to be, you're right. It, like Damian Williams and Kareem Hunt were awesome, but Kareem Hunt also didn't play with Patrick Mahomes, if I'm not mistaken, did he? Um, uh, so like, good question. I don't think he did. Uh, maybe that, wait. maybe that won't that. Yeah. I think he might have. He might've, he might've actually now that I think about it, but um, yeah, for at least some of that season, of course. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think that I, I, Either way, I, I don't see him playing the full season, and I also don't see him scoring like the amount of touchdowns that I think would be required to jump over a quarterback for rookie of the year. Especially oh, the number one pick. Right, right. 
Let's talk about the number three option over at Bavada. Plus 800 is Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Oh, my guy. You f- you're familiar with this player? I've, I've watched him once or twice. Um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's – as much as I love Taylor, I mean, when you think of Frank Reich, I, I don't see him just using Taylor. I mean, I, I don't, don't even think he's going to start off no. the, at the top of the season. So – as much as the love is going to be around Taylor for good reason, like if there was a sophomore rookie sophomore of the year, then maybe uh, <laughs> that'd be a fun one. But even then, obviously, Burrow. Like I, I do expect Taylor to be amazing over the course of his rookie deal, but I'm I'm just not sure he's going to post the numbers as a rookie that are going to be necessary to even jump Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, you talked about running back by committee in Kansas City. Marlon Mack's probably going to be the starter, and Naheem Hines plays as well. So. Yeah, While Jonathan yeah. Taylor is very clearly the future of that position for Indianapolis, he's not necessarily the, the present of that position. Totally. I'm pretty stunned by that number, actually. I would be fading that pretty hard. I agree with you. Uh, and this next option is an interesting one, too. The next player, I guess in a two-way tie, one of them making slightly more sense, although it doesn't make sense that he's going to play football this year. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Cam Akers first, at plus 1,000 at Bavada. Running back, St. Louis Rams. Oh, I'll never stop doing Whoa. that. Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> what do we What do yeah. we think of Acres' chances? I don't like them. No. Uh, I, I really don't. I mean, I think that McVeigh, of course, is going to use a bunch of different players. It's It's really fascinating to me that these guys are ahead of I, – I mean, I know where you're going with this, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, the other quarterback. And so – yeah, I mean, it's – and I, I would even say there are a few receivers that mm-hmm. I think have a better chance of having a bigger year um, than these guys. I guess, like, it's easy – It's if something happens, if one or two guys gets hurt or, like, Akers just blows up right away, maybe. But I just – I think that especially in the Sean McVay offense, there's just way too much to pick up there for a rookie um, to be that. You know, obviously running back isn't as hard as maybe tight end or even receiver to a certain extent, but – I just I don't see him being in a position where he's carrying more than even half of the workload. So that one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. You have Darnell Henderson Jr., who third or fourth round pick last year. Malcolm Brown has has uh, is a decent back. And, you know, I guess the one thing we can say about Akers over somebody like Jonathan Taylor is that at least he's the starter. But you're right mm-hmm. in that yeah. I don't, just because he's listed as a starter doesn't mean he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the bell cow. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not high on that one. Well, let's let's talk about that other quarterback who both you and I alluded to, Miami Dolphins. Hey, I got that one right. Miami Dolphins quarterback, <laughs> Tua Tungavailoa. Miami Marlins. Yeah, I almost said it. Uh, regardless, <laughs> Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, is uh, plus 1,000 at Bavada, tied with Akers. I, I would... If there's a, a deep cut, I guess, and this isn't that deep, but like an intermediate cut, I think Tua... It makes a lot of sense. And it's not because I even think he's going to start over Brian Fitzpatrick by any means. And it seems like Brian Flores has continued to be like a random, weird, insulting of Tua from the Miami Dolphins brass mm-hmm. where by saying like, you know, he's been very up and down, very so-so, I think is exactly how he said it. Um, you know, not building up the young guy's confidence. But I think that, you know, generally speaking, like if you're thinking about who could win this rookie of the year, like to, to me, Tua's got as good a chance as anyone outside of Burrow, just because like if he does start and say they win some games, maybe they make the playoffs, you know, whatever the case may be, Tua has the the opportunity to like put a team on his shoulders, you know, mm. 
and be the reason why. And then when you think of like an award like Offensive Rookie of the Year, so much of that is narrative driven. Um, and so I think that too has the opportunity to, to really carry that narrative. So from here on out, we we run into a, a couple of running backs and a lot of receivers. The the next guys on this list here, uh, DeAndre Swift, Detroit running back, is plus 1,600. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver from the Cowboys, plus 17. Jerry Judy, wide receiver from the Broncos, plus 18. Keyshawn Vaughn, this is the Tom Brady factor, because this is not the mm-hmm. Keyshawn Vaughn factor, plus no. 1,800. <laughs> Henry Ruggs, plus 2,200. Oakland wide receiver, J.K. Dobbins, Baltimore running back, plus 22. A quarterback, Justin Herbert, plus 2,200. Uh, Brandon Ayuk plus 2,800 uh, from San Francisco. Jalen Rager 2,800 from Philadelphia. Justin Jefferson plus 2,800. Uh, Denzel Mims plus 3,300 from the Jets. Chase Claypool, who has been one of the the pre, I guess I don't even know what we call them now, training camp darlings, I guess, not preseason mm-hmm. darlings, mm-hmm. plus 3,500. Michael Pittman uh, plus 3,500 and Indy. Zach Moss plus 35 of these guys, like who makes sense? Who who's what money do you like? What money do you not like? And uh, this goes all the way down, by the way, all the way down to Harrison Bryant plus 15,000 at Bavada. And I'm going to make the prediction. Harrison Bryant is going to be a very good player as a rookie. Not, wow, rookie, rookie. not rookie of the year, but <laughs> still. Wow. It's a third string tight end. He's going to play. I, I believe he's going to play over in Joku. He is the guy. Every single time you read about the Browns, it is Harrison Bryant making tough catches. Yeah, could be. Um, I don't doubt that. But I, some of the guys I don't really like on that list, uh, DeAndre Swift, like, mm-hmm. I just, I think that, you know, they've got Carrion Johnson. They've right. used high picks on other running backs in the past two years. Like I, I just, and you know, if Matt Stafford's healthy, they're going to throw a good amount. Like mm-hmm. when Matt Stafford got hurt last year, I think he was like, he was putting up like 2,400 yards passing, 20 touchdowns through, was it eight, eight games? games eight games. I mean, first of all, I think Stafford's just criminally underrated so in do general, I. but um, he's, I mean, so I guess I hate that basically is what I'm trying to say. Like it would take a massive injury to carry on and probably Stafford yeah. or, you know, or Galladay or something to allow him to post the numbers that he would need. Um, and I, you know, Swift is fine. Um, but you know, like it, it, he didn't have the best combine either. So I'm, I'm just a little bearish on him, I guess. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> this is probably a big time kiss of death. I love the Rager number. I know that he's been, you know, that he's been the, the receiver du jour the last few days or mm-hmm. weeks. And, um, you know, obviously Wentz has talked about him compared to Julio, whatever. I, I, like, they they have an awesome opportunity for him right away to play and play a lot and post big numbers. So when you look at, like, all those receivers, I mean, I, I just think that if you think about an established quarterback, a really creative and smart play caller, I think, in Peterson and – you know, the opportunity for Rager to jump in and play right away. I love that for him. Like, I do not see how he would be lower than Judy or, or really any of the other receivers. I mean, I like love CD lamb, of course, but you know, you're the number three receiver right. on a team that, that has a runs great the running ball. back. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it doesn't, that one doesn't make a lot of sense. I know that they'll probably open it up and he'll basically be a starter, but you know, he's still playing like, the number three receivers playing like 60% of the snaps and you're sure. a rookie and you know, there's just other mouths to feed too many. And so I don't like CD lamb there. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't see him, like, last year was an amazing year for Debo Samuel as a rookie, and he wasn't, he wasn't sniffing rookie of the year. So, yeah. like, and there's they're no... they're kind of similar, by the way. Right, and that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if he couldn't do it, like, who's saying, I mean, I just don't see Ayuk playing enough of a role. They're going to run the ball a lot. That doesn't make sense to me. The only other one I like, there, there are two other names I do like, though, along with Rager that you mentioned, and that's, First of all, another receiver, which is Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I mean, LSU. you just talk about that's a, they LSU. must have been pretty good last year. Yeah, they were okay, weren't they? I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I may have missed it. Um, but yeah, like you know, the, the opportunity to step right into the role, the void that Stephon Diggs left behind, plus maybe in terms of volume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that makes a ton of sense too. And then just like I don't know if this is a long shot or not, but I like J.K. Dobbins. Like if 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 Ravens, if anything happens to Mark Ingram, who is not young, by the right. way, then J.K. Dobbins steps in and he can play pretty much every down for them. And they want to run all the time with Greg mm-hmm. Roman. And so I just I think that that's that's a name I would certainly be looking at, two of those that you mentioned. And the rest are like, you know, I, I don't none of them really caught my eye at all. Well, I'll, let me ask you this. I mentioned Mims 33 plus 33 at Bavada. Um does he have a chance to have like a DK Metcalfy rookie year? Yeah, I mean, he definitely has the chance to. And then another name that you didn't mention that I think of with Mims now is Brian Edwards, who is our guy mm, kind of going into the true. draft. And it sounds like he's just tearing it up in Raiders camp. And it sounds like Tyrell Williams is going to try to play through like a pretty nasty injury. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it didn't look good. Um, and so, you know, there's there's definitely opportunity there, too, for a team that like a quarterback that's going to want to chuck the ball around. Um, I don't know how much they will, but I'm sure he wants to before he gets booted from Vegas next year. Yeah. T- so, it's a torn labrum for uh, Williams, by the way. He's going to try to play through it's that. Tough apparently. guy. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, he's, maybe not he good for the Raiders. Though. No, <laughs> no. Hunter Renfro there, too, obviously. And then they have rugs who you did mention. But I think like. If you're just thinking deep cuts, Brian Edwards, it sounds like he's crushing it. And yeah, I think that that makes sense too. But yeah, Mims could, Mims could put that kind of performance on and Claypool could too, who you mentioned. So, but I, uh, I'm not even yeah. seeing Edwards. Where is Edwards? I, I didn't hear him. I think that yeah. he would be like an I all other almost. I don't, yeah, no, I think so. I do not. Do we have to get in touch with our buddies over there and tell them to throw him on there? See if they could get him? Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, <laughs> That's in, that's interesting. It, that is that is an interesting oversight. I would I'd be interested in getting some odds on that. If uh, if these are the top guys, then we should be able to get Brian Edwards at plus fifteen thousand, and I'm in for that. Yeah, I'll throw a couple bucks on there and uh, support our trip to Vegas to watch him. Hey, I uh, I spent uh, I I had a couple of bucks in my account for one of the sports books, and uh, I threw that on. Uh, the Orlando Magic winning this first round series at plus hundred thousand because Whoa. why not? You should have hedged that. You probably could have gotten some good value because like they they almost pulled. I mean, in the middle I did of that the this morning when they're tied. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting plus hundred thousand odds yesterday, but yeah, uh, probably not. Probably not. Let me ask you this: of all the players who we have here at plus seven thousand or uh, or more at Bavada. Where would you put your money if I were forcing you to put your life savings on one of these guys? Oh, and I man. am, by the way. So take this seriously. Oh, okay. Um, I think you mentioned Antonio Gibson there. Nope. Did Antonio you? Gibson falls at five thousand. I left him, Jalen Hurts, and Lavisca Chenault. 
specifically uh, out of this conversation. Okay, give me give me some names then. Okay, give me the names um, from plus seven down. Uh, plus seven starts with Green Bay Packers running back AJ Dillon, mm. uh, Broncos wide receiver KJ Hamler, Juwan Jennings, Green Bay Packers quarterback Jordan Love. Josh, no. Josh Kelly, KJ Hill, LaMichael Pirine, Ryan, Cole Kmet, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Tyler Johnson, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Gabriel Davis, John Hightower, Adam Troutman, Anthony Gordon, Bryson Hopkins, Harrison Bryant and Hunter, or Harrison Bryant, right, and Hunter Bryant. It always sounds real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One is good, but the other one's terrible. That's true. Um, oh, man. He really drew the line at a good spot there. Um I'll be a homer here and just say AJ Dillon allegedly is just absolutely killing it. And there is a lot of smoke around Jamal Williams potentially getting cut out of that or traded for a late round pick around that Packers backfield, which means if Aaron, something happens to Aaron Jones, which every year something has happened to Aaron Jones, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that means that backfield is entirely AJ Dillon's. And if that's the case, I think that for a team that, you know, we talk about that McVay tree, like there were the Kyle Shanahan type tree, that, part of the tree likes to run a lot and AJ Dillon um, you know I think that there's a real good shot if you're looking for a long shot there that he ends up carrying the Packers backfield for some amount of time now obviously they don't want it to be long but if something were to happen to Jones early like week two or three you know AJ Dillon has the potential to be like their every down guy for an entire season and he is built to do that so I think that that would be of those names that would probably be the one that catches my eye. I'm going to go slightly different. Uh, as much as I like the idea of Anthony Gordon having a Gardner Minshew-like rookie season, I'm going to go <laughs> Antonio Gandy-Golden. Uh, you know, mm. Washington has nothing at receiver other than ta- uh, Terry McLaurin. I think the other mm. starters right now are uh, Steve Sims and Dontrell Inman. So it's not going to be too difficult for Gandy-Golden to crack that. Uh, Antonio Gibson's Ooh. probably going to play a little bit at receiver as well. But mm-hmm. especially... If Alex Smith manages to be the starting quarterback, uh, which I, I would like to see from a human being perspective, not like to see from a football fan perspective, because I think he's probably oh. better than Dwayne Haskins. Uh, and I don't want to see him get hurt again. Uh, in yeah, that's that. what I was going to say. He does. Like, did you see when he was celebrating with his kids? He still had the full doesn't look leg right. boot. Yeah, yeah, doesn't look right. But he's been cleared. So we'll see. And Riverboat Ron's going to I know I'm sure he wants his jobs to win games. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens there, but I could see Gandy Golden being a starter by game five, and in that scenario, yeah, he's going to get a lot of point. options. So, interesting, no, situ- I, interesting situation. I agree. I, I agree. That's a good call. I was also looking at Tyler Johnson, but I just think that he's just way too backed up on that depth chart. Like, yeah, I don't even know if he's active for half the season, if that. So, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's a really good good call on your part. Um, I, you know, you, you mentioned KJ Hamler. Like, I, I've seen a couple of good clips of him. I, I just don't know how he cracks. He's going to get hurt, too. Like, yeah, I, I'm just, just not confident small. in Hamler's ability to stay healthy. Yeah. But, you know, dart, you know, total dart throw. I mean, he would have to produce on a level that gets you rookie of the year. Like, I, I mean, I definitely don't see that. But Grant, Danny Golden's a really interesting call because he's really, like, lining up to have a very similar potential breakout to the guy that you mentioned before that's also in that you know receiver room for mm-hmm. washington so that I, I, would be a coup for them yes yes it would if you can get two 
because McLaurin is amazing. Yeah. You can get two great, you know, not great, but two starting receivers without using a top couple round pick. I mean, that's that's a nice place to be. Agreed. Uh, also, you know, DPJ is learning from Odell and Jarvis, so that can't hurt. But uh, God, he's raw. Mm. So. Yeah, I like it. I, I think we've uh, I think we've accomplished a lot here today, and uh, I feel yeah. like this is a good place to stop. So, for Anshu Khanna, I'm Chris Hordell. This has been this week's episode of The Underdog. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.